You are now about to witness the strength of knowledge. This is Steve Dace. Raising a banner of bold colors, no pale pastels. People should not be afraid of their governments. Governments should be afraid of their people. Our rights are inherent and essential, derived from our maker. That is liberty, and liberty will reign in America. This is Steve Dace. And greetings. Happy Wednesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show podcast here on Westwood One, powered by CRTV. I am Steve Dace. Todd and Aaron are here with me as well. And we would love it if you would join us by letting us know what you think about what we think. Steve at SteveDace.com is the email address. You can like us on Facebook, follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And the last name is spelled D-E-A-C-E. Gentlemen, we just concluded, speaking of CRTV, we just concluded uh, production for today's CRTV show. Let's give the audience a hint of what's to come. And Todd, I'll start with you. Well, in, in fake news or not, we saw the what might be, at least in the argument for the case of uh, the biggest case of mistaken identity concerning Holy Spirit power uh, that I've ever seen. Um, because there was a lawyer who threw it out there and he took it back instantly. It, it was something to behold. It was one of the fastest self-corrects you'll ever see happen in real time. It was like, and it was an attorney rebutting himself. Yeah. Almost like his internal BS meter just yeah. stepped in and said, yeah. Uh-oh. Uh-oh. Carl Lewis. Uh-oh. <laughs> <laughs> yes. <laughs> oh, yes, Aaron. Yes. Aaron, what do you want to tease? Um, boy, it's... It, this entire story with with uh, Brett Kavanaugh has been like uh, Monday morning or Tuesday morning with Rod Rosensteinstein, uh, whereas, oh, he's fired. He's not fired. He's resigning. He's not resigning. He resigned last week. He's staying put. Uh, this entire story has been like that because uh, depending on the day and depending on the circumstances, there's either a 90% or uh, 90% chance he's not getting confirmed, from my vantage point anyway, or 90% chance he is getting confirmed. It's just, this is the nature. This is this is the news. This is this is real life when nobody cares about the truth and all this tribalism and tribalism is all. Is all. And we get into that and how we nav- navigate it and who's to blame, whether or not it really matters uh, with the roundtable with, uh, with Daniel Horowitz. Well, if you want to watch today's show on CRTV, here's how you can do so. If you're not yet a subscriber, go to CRTV.com. And use my name as the promo code, promo code DACE at CRTV.com. Promo code DACE will get you a discounted subscription so you can watch all of our shows today for just a quarter a day. CRTV.com, promo code DACE. We've got a special guest coming up a little bit later on in the podcast. So we've got an abbreviated buy, sell, or hold. But since it's always one of our more uh, you know liked and uh, fav- favorited segments we do each week we aren't going to skip it all together so here's an abbreviated buy seller hold aaron and i or aaron will put forth a series of of hopefully provocative statements todd and i will decide are we buying that or selling that hopefully with at least one good reason why once per show we are permitted to put a hold on something but if it's for any reason other than the proposition is is really beneath the dignity of, of our intelligence to respond to. The dude code calls for you to be mercilessly mocked. Aaron, the floor is yours. Constantinos Roditis, it's a dude code violation if you can't drive a stick shift. Hmm. 
Um, I'm going to sell. I think that this would have been true about 10 years ago. Um, I mean, I learned how to drive stick first. Did and you? There, and yeah. Good I can drive you. a stick. I can drive a stick. So yeah, and, and there's different stri- you know, Really? There's different stick. I mean, there's four wow. on the floor or five, four or five on the floor. He was... Yeah, he's impressed. He thought he held that over us, I yes. think, right there. He's no, like, I, Duh! No. <laughs> thought I, I grew up on a farm. I thought I had them there. <laughs> yeah, yes. I thought I did. No, uh, I've learned how to drive stick. My very, you know, two of my first three cars were six. My, the first brand new car I ever bought. Actually, the only brand new car I ever bought myself. No. I did buy myself two brand new cars. And then I listened to a Dave Ramsey thing once, and I've not bought a new car ever since. They were both six. And then, you know, the, there's the old, what is it, four in a tree or three in a tree, the, you know, the old pickup truck, mm-hmm. yeah. stick shift. You yeah. know, so there's different types. But um, I think in this day and age, it's not a dude code violation at all. Man, that might, but that in past years, yes, it would have been, but not anymore. So I think. I agree. Do they even make sticks anymore? Um, they're more of a specialty thing now. Yeah. That's crazy. I mean, I, I just I keep my eyes on Mini Coopers, and it used to be that most Mini Coopers were stick shift, just because that was kind of the style. Now it's like a it's like a specialty thing mm. that you have to pay a lot more for. It's kind of frustrating. Um, Bruce E. Johnson says Senator Cruz will defeat Beto this fall, but Beto will run again in 2020 and defeat Senator Cornyn. Uh, sell. 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 I I think that's not how this works. That's not how any of this works. <laughs> yeah. Okay. Um, first of all, Democrats don't like to recycle losers. Number one, Republicans do. Mm-hmm. Republicans love recycling their losers because most of them are the Republicans they would prefer win over us. Democrats don't typically recycle their losers. That's why Wendy Davis is see you wouldn't want to be a. But secondly, even if he runs a close enough race that he merits being recycled. If he were to go after Cornyn, all of the people that are not lifting a finger right now to help Ted Cruz will all crawl over broken glass to make sure John Cornyn wins. Yep. Yeah. That's how this works. That's, That's how that is all how of this works. works. Yes. Yep. Calvin McRae says Grassley's have it both ways approach to the Kavanaugh situation ends up with Brett Kavanaugh on SCOTUS. However, instead of learning the lesson he and leadership should learn, it reinforces to them that placating leftists is a workable strategy. Um, I think the latter is true. I will buy on the latter part because there's a worldview issue there and they're, they're men out of time. They're from another generation. It's, 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 let me use a war analogy, which is terrible, but I think is the best one I can come up with on the fly. It, it's walking into French military headquarters, the winter of 1940 and trying to convince them this Maginot line of trenches they built to defend the, you know, the Seine and, and when the Battle of the Marne, um, you know, in 1915 is going to hold up while the other side is out building a modern blitzkrieg war machine that permits them the technological advancement of just bypassing your entrenched line of defense altogether going around you and then attacking you from the back. Okay, that's what you're dealing with here. These men are this is a this is a time period they can't relate to. They, they, even if they could, they wouldn't get it. So the second part is a yes buy. The first part, I, I can't I, I can't answer whether Brett Kavanaugh will be on the court or not until I know if she shows up to testify tomorrow. And I still believe if she does, he will not be on the court. Todd? Uh, I will buy the essence based on what uh, what Steve said there. Although I, ha- I have more confidence than Steve at the current time that he will end up on the court and I 
I'm just not confident that the testimony is going to be lucid. Phoenix 2A says the only reason Smod has not de- descended upon us is because he hates us. Phoenix 2A, I appreciate the thought, but please do not gender Smod. That's disrespectful. I, I'll buy. Yep. I, I'll sell. I, I can't begin to understand the machinations of Smod, considering he's let this go on for years, yes. a couple years now. So, Tailforth, I'm says, starting to blame. I think we need a Smod to Smod Smod. Yeah. <laughs> uh, Tailforth says by 2050, over 20 percent of American population will identify under some heading of the LGBT plus movement. By How much? 20 percent. By when? 2050. By. Um, the key word there is American. Is there going to be an American population? That's why I asked. Then? That's why I asked you how much and by when. Yeah, I I don't believe at this current pace this can sustain itself until twenty fifty. I I don't know. I'll way. buy that too. No way. And that's why I'm going to sell. I I just think when when one side of an argument has already decided, since you're on the wrong side, they can do anything to you they want. <laughs> And then the other side of the argument is debating within its own side of whether or not to become like that. That's not a salvageable marriage, Bolsh- guys. Bolsheviks, yeah. uh, Mensheviks. Yes. Yeah. Um, Matthew Shoon says pumpkin spice peeps sell. Pumpkin spice buy. Pumpkin so. spice peeps. Oh, peeps. I hate peeps. Sell. I hate peeps. Sell. I meant like peeps for pumpkin spice, not like the treat. No. Okay. No, yeah. I hate those treats. So they're nasty. Nasty. That was peeps be nasty. Uh, Matthew Shoon, That was very clever because you got him to sell on pumpkin spice. Yes. Um, well, well played. Yeah, that was well well played. Uh, okay, uh, Tennessee. This is from somewhat tired platypus. Uh, Tennessee will be the worst team in the SEC for the next decade. Sell. Sell. Decades a long time, yeah. but this is not starting well, and this is their. You know, people forgot Butch Jones actually had a couple teams win nine. I think they one year they won ten and three. I think, but what's going on there right now with Jeremy Pruitt? It's like what you're seeing at Nebraska with Scott Frost, except he's not a favorite son and has like no resume like Frost does as a head coach. You know what I'm saying? So it, it, it's pretty demoralizing. Uh, like, Did you see what Frost said about Purdue? Yeah, <laughs> winnable game. Oh boy. <laughs> I can't tell if I think, is that something he wants back, or did he have... Yeah, I said it. I ordered the code red. It's a winnable game. Not saying that I'm Jesus. Uh, (laughs) I'm going to sell because a decade's too long. Yeah. But if you told me, like, the next three to five years, I might rethink my answer. You sold, Todd? Yes. I'm going to poison the well with this um, uh, before this next one. Um, Do you know the team... Okay, uh, let, me, let me reset. The Kansas City Chiefs defense, this is another sports one, Kansas City Chiefs defense has given up, in terms of average per game yardage, it's the worst defense since which team? Which defense in which year? Can you think? If it's something like this, then I'm going to guess, like, is it the Browns last year that went winless? Mm-mm. Okay. No, I'll go ahead and go with this. Uh, Todd Saffel says the Kansas City Chiefs are the most explosive and dangerous offense since the greatest show on turf. 
well, I, I came in here to work when we started talking about this the other day am, amongst us, and I made that comparison. And I mean, I remember playing fantasy football in that era, and you were like Ricky Prohl, their number three receiver, was getting more points than several teams' number one or number two receivers. So based on what we've seen thus far, I'll, I'll buy. And it started kind of like this. If you go back to that, that, that greatest show on turf season for the Rams, it got off to this kind of start. So um, I will buy. And you know, and then we'll see what happens the next few weeks. So uh, the, the the stat that I clumsily set up there, it's uh, that the, the Chiefs have given up the most yardage through three games of any team since the 2000 Rams, which which would have been the year after the sh- well, the, I mean, the greatest Super show, Bowl. Greatest they were still the greatest on, show on yeah. turf, but it was the year after they won the Super Bowl. Yeah. Um, or was it actually the year they won? Was it 99 or 2000? Year. I thought that was the year. Maybe it was that year. Yeah. It was that year. Um, and I can buy that, too, because also when you're scoring that many points, you're playing a lot of prevent defense, too. You know? Yeah. So you have to factor that into your analysis of their defense. Todd? What exactly am I buying? Is uh, it- most dangerous Chiefs are the most dangerous and explosive offense since the greatest show on turf. Oh, well, I'll sell only because I'm taking the field, but I'm, I don't mean to. They're fun, and I wish you the best, Aaron, absolutely. Uh, Amy Coney Barrett will be nominated for SCOTUS next year after Ruth Bader Ginsburg uh, is done, and the circus will start all over again because the Dems will accuse Trump of nominating her because she's he's a misogynist and she gives him cover. Some version of that I'll buy. Yeah, sure. Uh- sell it makes total sense um but i'm taking the field again and i will go back to what steve said that's not how this works that's not how any of this works you know i i don't think there's any chance if kavanaugh doesn't get confirmed and i said that they come back with her i can see trump next year if if ginsburg were to go were to retire next year and and he's essentially in full-time re-election mode now and it's only about donald trump and he doesn't give a whit about working with McConnell, Ryan, you know, they're, 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 he doesn't have to even, it, it's every man for himself in Donald Trump's mind at that point. I can see this being the kind of move he would do, knowing the political calculus of how it would benefit him to do it. So I will buy. Good. Well, hey, I hope you're right. It's so obviously the right thing to do in, in multiple respects. Uh, John Noble says Steve will write a Bible commentary in the next five years. I'll sell. No interest in that? I don't say that there's no interest. I, I think if you haven't written a book, you don't know how daunting of a task that it actually is. And To do one for 60-some books, that's... Uh, yeah, that's and, I, and then with this particular idea, what am I going to say that someone else has not already said? You know, and the one thing I I think I can do that a lot of other people can't is the is the contemporary application to where we are at politically and culturally. But I I don't know that I really want to. That's I I think we're we're how do I say this? I'll save you. I'll say trick question. You've already written a Bible commentary. That's what the nefarious plot is. In a way, yeah, from the other side of the looking glass. Yeah, yeah. that's a good one, too. I, I just think um, politically weaponizing Scripture, even for the right causes, I'm, I'm seeing what we do with it when I help you do that. I, I'm not sure I've got more how much of a stomach I have for that, if, I guess is what I'm trying to say. 
Um, A equals A says the Me Too movement has jumped the shark with the Kavanaugh fiasco. I will hold. Yeah, I don't. What's the Me Too movement? See, I, I what I think is happening is I think the, there's an attempt to hijack the Me Too yeah. movement. I don't know that the Me Too movement is participating in a character assassination. I think a lot of people are trying to claim something that they see has had a tr- has really been the most potent force in our culture this year has been this movement. And and so I think I'm going to hold as well because we don't they now history shows they're more than likely to succumb to the attempt at hijacking. But, you know, um that doesn't mean it's a guarantee either. So I'm going to hold and I I'm I will put up with the mocking if necessary. Well, I'll, I'm a father of four daughters, and I say without apology that the entire Me Too movement is a jumping of the shark. All of the people involved in it are, are talking out of both sides of their mouths. They've been complicit in advocating for and participating in the very atmospheres that then they're complaining about. This it's It's been fraudulent as a movement from the beginning. Which in no way says that particular cases don't need to be uh, uh, fought for, adjudicated, uh, etc. But as a political movement, it's a total scam. Uh, Paul by 77 says, America going forward. Buying, selling, or hold, holding. What has a... On America, just going forward in general. Uh, uh, huh? Um, oh, I think I, I can't hold more than once. So I got to choose buy or sell. So you go first. I, I, uh, I, I can see this on any given day changing. I just, I'm going to say what I'm going to say right now and you can hold me to it accordingly. Uh, I will say sell. Minus revival sell. Jay Hinton says Iowa upsets Penn State in Happy Valley and wins the Big Ten West. So. Uh, here, I'm going, I'm going to buy. Uh-huh. No, no, no. I'm going to, th- listen, I, the uh, post-Wisconsin-Iowa game, the, the ridiculous butthurt Oh, we were the better team. I mean, it was on your home field. It, it, it was ridiculous. And that revision, you could just so, tell they didn't believe it because the, it was starting already at the end of the third quarter. So, and Todd, I, so, so let me ask you no, this. Let then. me finish. Okay. And then you can. It, 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 but the, the, there is a, it's an entirely legitimate argument to say that Iowa could be standing on top of this conference over Wisconsin. Wisconsin clearly, even though there were sound reasons to believe that it was, uh, a final four team based on how many people I had coming back. It was knocking on that door last year it, for whatever reason. It just isn't that this year. And that's the team that Iowa lost to. So it, it they're both going to be scrapping there at the end. Can I absolutely see Wisconsin losing three games be, and Iowa two? Games, yeah. What's that? Has to be three games. Yeah. Yeah. But even then, it's a wash because we the tiebreakers we beat you. I just, it, it's yeah, possible I, though. I, I don't the whole the whole your whole problem with. Um, I don't have the, a problem. The, I want no, that. No, you do have a problem. Uh, the whole <laughs> the whole problem that you have with Iowa fans saying we were better. Um, 
if you want to say that uh, Wisconsin was just the unequivocally better team, even though they got really two in critical time, three turnovers totally, and still needed a long That's drive. That's part of football still, isn't it? Still needed a long drive to close out the game. <sighs> and you want to look me in the eye and say, yeah, Iowa didn't get lucky, or you know, Wisconsin didn't get lucky, we were just the better team. I spent okay. all my time saying okay. we're not a very good team. Yeah. That's documented, and it's in writing. What yeah, I just will you're, not stand not for is good, Iowa fan yeah. perpetually uh-huh. doing this nonsense. I would say they do. You I lost. Won't, I won't say unequivocally that Iowa was the better team, but minus those turnovers, oh, Iowa, my goodness, Iowa, Iowa, Iowa was fan the, was what? the better team. I try. I really try. No, you don't because you got your. <laughs> you really don't, Todd. Well, you lost. I, I, yeah, no, we're we better won't. than you no. over and over and over again. No. We're just what? better hey, than Todd, you, Todd. What did I just say? Then we'll just accept it. No, just accept that you got lucky. You, you you won't say that luck had a, had nothing to do with a ball just popping out of a punt returner's hand. Oh my hand god! You're, and some guy just wandering into a, a punt that wasn't lucky. Todd? It's as if. So, and what was the game going to look like? What if other that, if those two things don't don't happen? You're acting as if so other I, dimensions I said, outside of football <clears throat> no. came in, and no, it was a football game. No, this happens all the time in football games. Yeah, of course it does. Then you know, luck actually has something to do with it, Todd. What? It's. No, it's I you're, don't, you're, I don't, but you're talking about why, luck as I, if leprechauns nobody, got out in the field and sprinkled no, 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 unfair no, 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 fairy no. dust on this. No, that's not what happened. Todd, you're talking about this as if, um, you know, the ben- or, you know the ball just bounces. No, I mean if it was if it was actually you know a Wisconsin defender stripping a ball out of the punt returner's hand twice, I wouldn't be saying this, but it was just fluky crap. And to say that that had no bearing on the Flicky outcome. crap, like your guys hey, weren't hey, prepared hey, hey, and or dumb. Not, I've not been interrupting you. And you told me, you chastised me. Steve's like never minutes. liked his show so much when he yeah, wasn't talking I, at all. Now you're interrupting me again, which shows your desperation, <laughs> which is nice. Uh, you just chastised me two minutes ago for interrupting you and told me to let me let you finish. Uh, no, no, this this is just I, I don't see how it's so difficult for Wisconsin fans to say, yeah, we kind of got we kind of got lucky there on a couple of punts. Um, but, you know, still glad we won the game. That happens all the time in football, Todd. I don't see why that's so difficult. I have no problem with saying uh, unequivocally that Wisconsin was better um, than Iowa that night. All things yeah, you, considered. But wait, when yeah, you he, take into no unequivocally. <laughs> You're, uh, you're with, not saying that. End, no, no, no. At the end of the game, Wisconsin was better because the scoreboard showed that. But when you take into account some of the luck, I think dis, uh, minus those turnovers, again, I don't know why this is hard for you to accept, minus those turnovers, I thought Iowa played better than Wisconsin. Well, think that all you want. I, I think both of those things can be true at the same time. And I love Todd's, Todd, Todd at like halftime. Too, which is really funny because he told me he came in last week. I don't care about Wisconsin. No, Todd at halftime went into his bathroom to take a to take a little to take a piss, you know, and uh, and he looked in the over in the vanity and what is that? Oh, that's smug. And he looked at himself in the mirror and said, "It's time, big boy." And he didn't just take the bottle of smug and and. You know, squirt a few things on his. He took the bottle. Did he English he leather it? Uncorked it, and he anointed himself in smug, and says, "Yes, I am objective, even though I'm a Wisconsin fan, and I can't believe you Iowa fans are uh, fooling yourself with all of this." No, see, Je- see, the, the pro- Todd's problem is that he does not think he's affected by the same sort of fanaticism that affects any fan of any team. 
I'm but certain I, of it. I, I'm, I'm certain I, of it. I'm certain of it. Yeah. Because, and there this what draws there. it out of me. It's just. Yeah, I just turned your microphone fan. off. How do you like that? Yeah. <laughs> it's, it's, it's Iowa fan. You want me to be a fanatic? It's. No. Iowa fan will do it. Yeah. No, it's. It, know this, your place. Constant, just know your place. This constant need to for others to affirm how great Wisconsin is. That's just. No, no, I don't. Iowa, I, Iowa, once again, Iowa was the better team I ne- minus turnovers. But I with complain the turnovers, about my own team as much as any fan I know. I kept I saying care. how we were not wow. a good team, but I will also say we are consistently better than yours. Consistently better. Okay, you can say that if you want. I don't care. Uh, let me dial in our guest here. Are we done? That was fun. <laughs> See, I didn't bring it up. I never brought it up. Todd was the one who brought up the, the whole thing but from the other night. I, I don't want to be done. You guys can go on. Well, I'm enjoying was, this. That was fun. I just, I've never brought it up because I didn't want Todd to uh, embarrass him. I, I like Todd. I don't want him to embarrass himself. Um, I didn't bring it up either. Was, yeah, you did, actually. There's nothing to do with the Wisconsin loss, and you just started talking about it in the buy-seller-hold proposition. That, what wait what was the question that led to this uh jay hinton said iowa will upset um penn state yeah um and then you just started and talking I, about the I iowa s- game and how ridiculous iowa fans are no, I'm, and i'm and calling I, our guests and now, i said Todd. iowa we're done can win the con- we're no we're not done and i said i gave you turning your mic off so mr uh, lion is not was it over when the jerk harbor <laughs> He's still going on about it over there, folks. It is pathological. I'm the winner. I get scored. <laughs> no, nobody's, nobody's. I'm a driver. I'm the winner. Things are going to change. I can feel Todd, it. Todd, who, who, which? Hello, this is Jim Lyons. Please leave a message and I will get back to you as soon as. <laughs> See, which, now which, the audience knows we, now which, the audience knows we don't edit. Yeah. There you go. No, uh, no, I'll edit some of this. Um. Oh, which, no, please don't. Which Iowa fans, Todd, which Iowa fans are demanding that the NCAA give Iowa the win? Can you show me some Iowa fans who are doing that? Is that an argument you're making? No, I'm, I'm asking you a question. Which Iowa that fans, says, which I, Iowa I fans uh, are demanding that the NCAA reverse I, who, who won the other night? I'm not asking if questions you thought, that if, are you're, you're utterly at, what you're saying, No, what you're saying is uh, <laughs> Iowa fans think they, sh- they, they uh, won the game the other night. That's, what, that's the argument you're making. No, I'm not. No, yeah, no, that's, that's the no, argument you're making. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. I'm just saying we're a bad team, but we beat you. That's what happened. So. Yeah, no. You hate and that, you, and, and that's and just how it is. And you hate the fact that you got lucky, and you can't admit that. I, we're a bad team, and, and I, we beat I, you. I, I, and I, I don't think you're a bad team either. It's I don't know if you've ever watched. Have you ever watched an Iowa-Wisconsin game prior to the, that night? Yeah, were you yeah. even watching the same game, by the way? No, clearly not. Yeah. I was watching the real game where we won and you lost. <laughs> yeah. Who's who's debating that you you won? Who's debating yeah. it? I don't, and we're going to keep winning, and and you're going to keep losing until people realize, you know, maybe we should focus more on our own crap. I mean, the, the, oh, we're, we're we're going all the way. It was more of this. We're going all the way again. We're that team. I I couldn't believe that? the level. Who, of, who is saying that, Todd? Who is saying that? Have you been following it? Um, I'm an the Iowa fan. The level of full confidence coming out of that game. We can still do it. It's right there for us. Who who's saying that? Aaron. 
Go read. Okay, yeah. Todd, it's fundamental. I'm, I, I don't know if you know this, but I'm also a Hawkeye fan, and so I follow the, the qu- stuff pretty... The question uh-huh. right there was what? about that. Oh, yeah, that's right. That's one. Well, Can you show any How others? many do you need? Um, three named sources. <laughs> Iowa fan. <laughs> I don't. I, I. I'm not sure. Wisconsin. Wisconsin. Um. What was the better team that night? They also got lucky on a couple of turnovers that turned the tide of the game. I don't know why those are two. In incontrovertible things. I don't, I don't know why you have. I don't know. I, I keep admitting that Wisconsin. Every woman better, in our audience right now is but, like, "This is so hot." But, but, <laughs> but Todd is like, "No, I need you to affirm my team. I need you." To I t- know. I, I need, don't need it at all. No, that's, I really don't. No, I got it proving, when the scoreboard said proving, we beat you. No, you're that's proving when I got it over and over again that you need <laughs> Iowa fans' affirmation. You need us to bow down and say Wisconsin. The is opposite better. is true. You need me. You, I keep saying you need me to no, say I'm you. Just, were, no, we I'm, were lucky. I'm trying to be objective here, Todd. You're the one who's. <laughs> you're the one who's needs affirmation. I don't. I have I mean, a scoreboard, you, and it it's makes awesome. sense too because you you keep saying that Wisconsin is bad, and so you're obviously already insecure about it. So you need no, I, you need Iowa's that's affirmation. A, no, that that's actually are, called objectivity, Aaron. That's huh? what objectivity is. The uh, pointing out my own team is not that good. Uh, the reverse not is true. Necessarily. But... Oh, good grief. Not necessarily. Could just be insecurity. Okay, let me call Jim again. I can't both be smug and insecure. I'm one or the other. Well, Pitch. you just proved you could. So Now that Todd and Aaron are done catfighting, uh, we will move on. Uh, Jim, right. Jim Lyons is somebody that uh, I wrote about for Conservative Review recently because he, he did the kind of thing... That, that I've been hoping and waiting for a Republican to do for a long time, which is make the other side live by the standard they say they believe in. A, a few years ago, when the, not Obergefell, but Windsor, the first marriage case was at the Supreme Court, I wrote a column for USA Today, which, which called the rainbow jihad a bunch of bigots because they were only arguing to redefine marriage the way that they wanted it redefined. And why aren't they up there arguing for polyamorous relationships and every other form of aberrant behavior? And where do they get off um, imposing their narrow-minded uh, vision and version of marriage equality on everybody else? To my shocking surprise, my editor at USA Today actually ran that column, okay? And and I saw a bit of that snarkiness, but used as, a, as an effective legislative tool by our, our guest here on the podcast today. Jim Lyons is a state legislator uh, in Massachusetts. He's our guest today on the Steve Day Show podcast. How are you, Jim? Very good. Very good, Steve. So I wanted to follow up with you about what you did about a month or so ago that I wrote about for CR. Let's let's um, let's take refresh the audience's memory a little bit. So take us back to the day in the in the Massachusetts state legislature, and and the leftists in your in in your August body are attempting to do what? What is it they want to change? So in Massachusetts, it's a, uh, they wanted to change our licenses from having male and female to having male female and X. So it became called the gender X bill in Massachusetts. I think that's in other States also. And it was on the final day of session, uh, which was July 31st. And it was late in the evening when oftentimes they use the legislative process to 
put through legislation because certain members of the of the of the power structure wanted to happen, and, and that's what was taking place at about ten fifteen on uh, the last day of session, July thirty first. You decided to do what in response to this uh, policy suggestion? So there's a new Senate president, and one of her biggest priorities was to make sure that we changed the licenses to add the uh, the letter X to cover anybody that didn't want to identify always a male or a female. And um, what I did was when I heard heard that it was taking place, I went down to the um, the clerk and I said, look, if this bill comes out of the Senate, am I able to amend the bill? And he said, yes, you are. I said, fine. So it went to the House Ways and Means Committee. And at that point, I went over to the desk and I went up to the uh, to the folks that were working. I said, I want to file some amendments to the Gender X bill. And they looked at me and I said, well, how many do you want to file? And I said, 73. And everyone started laughing. And uh, I said, no, no, really, I want to file 73 individual amendments, uh, one for every uh identified gender that we have on Facebook. And I gave him uh, my phone and said, please start entering them in. Uh, and, you know, people started chuckling and they were saying, I said, look, if, we, if we're going to be fair here, we have to make sure that everybody has an opportunity to add their gender as opposed to simply the, the letter X. So um, I got to 35 and then I ran out of time <laughs> and I went, I went back I went back to my uh, to my seat, and uh, it was getting late. See, the the reason it was it was going to be effective was at midnight, one legislator could shut down the session uh, without any objection. One legislator can get up and object to anything that was taking place, and by rules, the session closes. And if there were some things that the Democrats wanted to get through, they were going to be unable to get it through. So that was number one, and number two. Each of my amendments I could speak to for 10 minutes and request a roll call, which would have given me six hours worth of debate time, which would have brought me, you know, well past the midnight hour and I could have objected and everything would have shut down. So I was sitting at at my seat and um, one of the Democrats tapped me on the shoulder and said, Representative, would you would you kindly consider uh, making a deal on the uh, gender expel? And I said, what kind of deal do you want to make? And they said, we would like to have you, um, we will not let the bill come out to the floor tonight if you agree not to object at, at midnight. You know, I'm not very trustworthy of the of the Democratic establishment, so I, I asked for further confirmation, and my understanding was that the Speaker had agreed to do that. The Speaker of the House had agreed that that, that would not take place, that he would he would not let it come to the floor of the house that night. So I went back, sat down, and at midnight, I didn't object. Now I've objected every year for the last five years because there's nothing good that the Democrats try to put in at midnight on the last night of session that's gonna help my district. So at that point, a bunch of the Democrats started to come over to me and said, Jim, why aren't you shutting the house down? And I said, well, because I, I had an agreement that we, the gender expert would not come to the floor. And they said, what did you do? And I said, I filed, I tried to file 73 amendments. However, I only got to 35. And we st- they started reading the amendments, which was, you know, uh, you had to include um, 
cis female, cis male, neither, two spirits, <laughs> gender fluid, gender queer, which, you know, I mean, I, I, I said, I, I said to one of our, I said to one of the our legislators, I said, do you really think a five-year-old knows what the definition of two spirit is? Because that's what the law says, that a person at five years old under the uh, elementary education rules can make their own determination what they, what they are. So I'm not sure whether we're teaching people in kindergarten what free spirit and gender queer mean, but that's the kind of legislation that they were trying to pass in Massachusetts. And uh, effectively, we, uh, we killed the bill that night, and it, it did not get added to, uh, to any legislature uh, yet. So we're hoping to keep it um, under wraps. It just shows that the, uh, the, the pure absurdity of the legislative leaders in Massachusetts that in the midst of an opiate epidemic, the Senate president, newly elected, felt that one of her biggest priorities was to add this type of legislation to the mix and change the law as the driver's license. So that's it in a nutshell. That's that's what happened. And um, yeah, it was it was uh, it was a, you know very some of the things that the Democrats were you know they were all basically happy because they didn't want to take the bill uh, vote on the bill. So that's what happened, Steve. Jim, I gotta know, and I and I'd be remiss because I know the audience needs to know this as well. When what is going on inside the chamber when you are filing these amendments and they're being read aloud? What's the commentary from your peers? I, I got to imagine, I mean, the Republicans in Massachusetts are more liberal than the Democrats in a place like Texas, right? So I would imagine even your own caucus was, was some members of your own caucus were like, what in the Sam Hill are we doing? What was the reaction within the chamber? Because frankly, Jim, in my career as an activist going all over the country, the number one reason we don't have more people do what you just did is because it's like high school. They, they can't stand up to the peer pressure. They don't like being talked bad about. They don't want to seem weird. They don't want to stand out. They want to belong. So what was going on inside the chamber as you're shoving this down their throats? So that's interesting that you would bring that up. When I first began the process, there were members of my own caucus who said, Jim, why are you doing this? I said, why, why am I doing this? Because this is insane. And they said, well, you know, they're going to get it through anyhow. I said, no, they're not. And they didn't, they hadn't, they didn't understand exactly the process that I, that I had already thought through, but there was definitely pushback. People didn't want to do it. They thought it was putting quote, some of the moderate Republicans in a difficult position. And that wasn't my intent at all. My intent was, I really knew that given the scenario that I could shut, shut it down and it would get defeated. Uh, and then the, then the response, as people started to understand exactly what I was doing, the response became one of, hey, great move. We didn't want to vote on that anyhow on both sides of the aisle. It's just that the initial process, you know, wasn't really understood as to what I was doing. But when everyone else kind of thought about the time frame, it was now 11 o'clock at night. They knew that, you know, we could shut it down. There wasn't really going to be a vote. And, you know, we were kind of we put them in a little box that they, they couldn't get out of. So uh, it was pretty entertaining. And when I tell you a bunch of Democrats were reading these amendments back, in the, I, I'm in the back row. When you call a backbencher, I am a backbencher. And um, 
we had about 15 Democrats reading the uh, amendments, and there was, uh, you know, there was a lot of um, back and forth about it. And uh, there were, I had real, even real liberal Democrats come up to me afterwards and thank me for the fact that we didn't have to take a vote on that. Hmm. So what's been, what's been the reverb since this went down? It's been about a month. What's been the reaction to this? I've had more people. It's it's one of those issues that you just don't anticipate. You know, I never anticipated that I would be filing 73 amendments like this at the uh, last uh, day of session. But the reaction, I'm in, I'm in the midst of a campaign. I'm out knocking on doors. And the number of there was a, Howie Carr wrote, wrote, a, wrote an article up here the Sunday after it it happened and uh, it was it was just a great article and uh you, you know you you publicizing it also a lot of people have reacted to the to the gender x bill and and they they love the the fact that you know we we kind of beat them at their own game mm-hmm. you know and uh you know these these folks um you know they just it, you're, we're seeing it every day right now you know you you go sit in the corner you be quiet you do what you're told and um you know they they know that I'm prepared to fight them. And I think, I think your point is that that's the only way we're going to win. I mean, these, these people are all in to win. Some of our people just want to be on the field. Mm -hmm. And, uh, you know, if we're going to win long-term, we got to be more than happy that just being on the field, we got to be in there and fight because the things that they want to do are crazy. I mean, you, you can't, you can't make a legitimate argument for this gender. No, this is, Jim, you know, and and you and I are old enough to remember those days. This isn't Reagan and Tip O'Neill threatening to shut the government down over how many MX missiles to build and what federal Medicare disbursements ought to be. We're way beyond that. Wait, this is societal, existential, irreversible sorts of cataclysmic events. That's what we're talking about here. You're absolutely right. They want to change society to be what they want, not what society is. Mm-hmm. And and I tell my young colleagues in the in the legislature, if you want to just stay here to be here and don't fight, let me tell you, in 10 years, you will be told what you can do and when you can do it. And that's what these people are about. I've been around politics for over 40 years. I've been small business owner. I only got elected seven years ago, but I cannot believe the approach that these people have and they play to win and, uh, and, 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 and their ideas are crazy. I mean, you, you can't, no one can make a logical argument for this. And, you know, there are other things as we all know what they're doing or what. So, so I'm in there and, and, and I enjoy it and I, I, I love taking them on and I, I think there are more of us who believe in, in, in the normalcy of our society than there are of them, but they put people in fear. They make people afraid to stand up, and uh, we have to continue to fight back and push back. And if that means we have to be very aggressive about it, then if, if, if we're serious about what we want to leave behind for our kids and grandkids, then we better take this fight on and not be afraid of these people. Massachusetts State Legislator uh, Jim Lyon, our guest here today on our Steve Day Show podcast on Westwood One. Jim, God bless you for what you did. Keep it up, and it was a pleasure having you with us today. Thanks so much, Steve. I really appreciate it. All right, take care. All right, are you two good? You guys done now? Final thoughts? Final thoughts. You know, I... (laughs) 
really appreciated that interview with uh, with Jim. And I, I don't know everything about him. He could have, uh, you know, <clears throat> he could have blind spots. But, you know, at the end of the day, he showed us how, you know, how the game is played. And, and speaking of blind spots as well, we all have them. I have them. Steve has them. Everybody listening has them. And so I, I think we just say, listened to a couple. I just <laughs> I just want to say don't judge Todd for the way he behaved today, okay? He's a good man. So we all have blind spots. And I would just like to file that under the heading things losers say. Yeah. And we're done here. It's all for you, America. Takes one to, takes it's one to all know, for you. Takes one to know one, Todd. <laughs> Whoever smelled the Delta, your mama. God. Right now, America's like, we can't believe Aaron's single and Todd's not. John 317. This is Steve Dace. I like you. 